Yeah, here, we're fine. Hey everyone, welcome to Get in the Garage. We're a music podcast. For music lovers. Wow. Hello Luke, how are you today? Uh, you know, I'm alright. Doing okay? Yeah. You yeah. feeling it? Y- yeah, I'm alright. Yeah. Another day. Another Luke and day. I had to work today, so we're feeling that post-work exhaustion. Yes, uh, usually you get us on like a early morning day off. Mm-hmm. Uh, now we're getting, when it's usually me and Michael here, you're going to get the afternoon, uh, late night vibe. I don't know why I said that. That wasn't good. No, that was okay. After late night vibe? What are yeah. We, what are we doing over here? Get in the garage after dark. <laughs> Turn on that mosquito lamp, because we're going to be in the garage late tonight. <laughs> I'll the toss bo- you a Budweiser and put on some Bob Seger. We're in the garage tonight. The, the boys are in the garage. They're out back. Yeah, that's what it's that. Yeah, it's like that. Even though we're in the basement, so joke's on everybody. Joke's on everybody. Um. So... Welcome to this music podcast. Welcome to the music podcast. Uh, I want to start off this episode and do a bit of music news. Music news. This just in. The 2022 Rock and Roll Hall of Fame inductees have been officially announced. It's pretty exciting. I mean, is it exciting, though? I mean, I say it's exciting. Let me just say, I'm not that excited, but like, I'm also excited. It's exciting to criticize. Um, yeah, so... Or, we'll, we'll, I shouldn't say criticize. Maybe criticize is too harsh, but analyze. Are, are uh, we Are we recording? Yes, we're recording. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, but um, it's, like, fun to, uh, like... I don't know. See, I like the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. We'll get into it. So why don't we get off and just, like, tell us who's getting inducted this okay, year. Okay, so, so as... This has been a get-in-the-garage tradition every year. We've talked about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Inductees. We have, yes. Um, we've talked about the Rock Hall, what we think it means, all that fun stuff. So, Jormo, please, let's... Okay, so in normal, what seems to be Rock and Roll Hall of Fame induction sort of announcement styles, right? You, I find you have a tendency to have like sort of like the names at the top are the ones that are probably going to be more f- heavily featured, like tribute like some artists will come out and do a tribute to that person or something like that like kennedy center award style and then you have other ones who are also honored and they do a thing but um it seems like they kind of have like big names that they really concentrate on right um i'm not quite sure what the you know because we you have some pretty big names but you have some pretty huge names too so we start off with pat benatar duran 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 eminem yep uh, hold on. Let me keep scrolling, scrolling here. Um, also, uh, it's Pat Benatar and Neil Giraldo. Giraldo, Giraldo. I don't know. I'm not quite sure. Yep. Jade either. might know that one. Uh, Eminem. I said uh, Arithmics. A group we talked about on last week's podcast. We did. Yes. Um, Dolly Parton. Long overdue. Lionel Richie. Pretty good. Carly Simon. Mm-hmm. Judas Priest. <laughs> Come on. Oh, Judas Priest. I'm like, yeah, rock on. Yeah. yeah. Judas Priest for a lot of reasons, and now I, I agree with that one wholeheartedly. Yes. So we'll get into that. Yes, uh, Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis. Um, I'm not familiar, but uh, if you read me what it is, I probably might be. So Jam and Lewis created a production company, recording studio, and signature sound responsible for quote making an artist's career, the songs and sounds that stick with fans forever. 
Who knows? I'm not quite sure. Uh, Alan Grubman, uh, founder of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Is that, I mean, is this guy just jerking himself off? Like, come on, <laughs> what are we talking about I was here? just going to ask you if that was kind of a circle jerk move, but oh, let's, good let's God. continue. All right, yeah, he yeah, changed the music like, business. He let, has represented rock and roll's biggest stars, Bruce Springsteen, U2 Sting, John Mellencamp, and so on. Are those um, rock and roll's biggest stars or rock and roll's most corn, like cornfield, like adjacent musicians? I mean, you have Bruce Springsteen, U2 yeah, cor- Sting. Cornfield, okay, U2 is the only one that. John I Mellencamp, have. Madonna, Lionel Richie, Elton John, Lady Gaga, and many more. Oh, we don't lot. know who that's the many lot. more are. Okay. Uh, Jimmy Iovine, he was. Big double thumbs up. Yeah, uh, for sure. Jimmy Iovine was. Uh, uh, Interscope John Records? Le- yes, uh, but he was also John Lennon's engineer. Um, and then he went on to produce John Lennon, Tom Petty. Um, um, there's another big one from the 70s that he broke. Uh, Patty, sure. Patty Smith, Patty Smythe, however you pronounce her last oh, name. Okay. Her as well. Okay. Uh, Sylvia Robinson, label executive, producer, songwriter, rapper, and original hip hop mogul. Cool. Um, not familiar, but she co founded Sugar Hill Records. Okay. And propelled oh, yeah. an unknown oh, subculture into the I mainstream, setting the stage for rap to grow into the most lucrative music business of today. I do know who that woman is. I have seen her on VH1. Okay. Elizabeth um, Cotton. Elizabeth Cotton. Famous folk musician. Yeah. Uh, also, you guys <laughs> you guys mocked me when I said this, but she uh, is the innovator of the cotton pick and style guitar, um, the claw hammer kind of thing. Elizabeth Cotton, one of my favorite musicians of And all it appears time. to be a left-handed guitar player as well. Uh, yeah, Elizabeth Cotton is... One of the greatest folk musicians. Uh, and then we have Harry Belafonte as yeah, well. Yeah, man, Calypso. Uh, yep. Beetlejuice is a great movie. Beetlejuice, <laughs> Beetlejuice is a great movie. Um, I'm looking at the- all jokes aside. You can buy the Hall of Fame inductees T-shirt available yeah, now at rockandrollhalloffame.com. Yeah, to sponsor us. Pay me, guy that got in. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know, right? I know. Um, so okay, so those are the your inductees. Those are your this inductees year. for this year. We kind of scrolled through them. Um, on the big front there, uh, um, let's you, let's go down again. And kind okay, of so all right, so you feel our feelings. Uh, Pat Benatar, I feel like great voice, great pop. Um, so let well before we do this, yeah, let's talk about what, what the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame mm-hmm. means. So do, do you think like the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame like means anything? To, yeah. Do you, do you do I think it means anything? Yeah, or do you think it's just like because I this I'll, I'll tell you how I see it. You okay, know what I mean, yeah, I, what, yeah, lay it on me and then I'll. I'll I think it's I'll like to... it's like um. It's basically like the second act career boost, um, and it's in a big way. We'll give you like um, a good lucrative tour again. It'll give you a lot of great press. Um, sure, you can really rally your career around it yeah. in like a big way. Like Kiss definitely got a lot. They got the Rolling Stone cover from it finally hmm. um, when they got in the Rock Hall. Um, a lot of bands like Kind Baby reunite. There's like a lot of this, a lot of that. So, like when the Stooges got in, it was a big deal because like. The industry finally was like, "Hey, the Stooges," and then the Stooges go and get on these. They've already went on this big tour, yeah. but you know what I'm saying. It's it's interesting because when you like look at it, right? Like, there's a lot of there's a lot of bands or artists or something where you're just like, you know, you look at somebody, you look at like the Beatles, right? So the Beatles as the band has been inducted, and then like every member separately has been inducted as well. Mm, no, no, not Ringo. Ringo hasn't been inducted. Oh wait, did Ringo get in last year? I Ringo think I, wasn't, I think but I, I think he it. is now. Yeah. So continue. Maybe. The point being is like on one end you go, well, they can only induct so many every year. There are thousands of popular artists spanning all different genres. You know, so in in due time, I suppose, you know, it's just like us, right? Like we talk about bands, right? We talk about music and all that stuff. 
you know, there's certain things that we haven't covered that seem like an obvious thing to cover. We just haven't gotten to them yet. Right. Do you think that the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is more that kind of thing where you look at certain artists and bands and so on that are not inducted where you're like, oh, these are obvious choices, though. Why wouldn't they be inducted yet? Do you think it's because they haven't gotten to them yet? Or do you think, which is in part what I think, which is like, this is just kind of like this other elitist, frou-frou, you know, kind of bullshit. Well, there's it's two. It, it's two at the same time. You think it's both? Well, one, I think in the 2000s, like, let's also talk to, like, this was the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame initially. Yeah. And now it's not the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame anymore. Yeah, right. It right. is the Pop Music Hall of Fame. Yeah. So that's what it is. It's like for anybody that's like angry, they're, if you want your own guitar, Brock Hall of Fame. That's what yeah. that that should be. Do your own. Yeah. Whatever. Right. We all know that we're gu- guitar band. We all know what we're talking about when we say that we're talking about guitar, bass, yeah, of and course. drums. Yeah. In the style of the, the classic, Beatles. right? The classic sort of lineup. Yeah, it's the Beatles lineup. So yeah. that's what we're talking about when like rock and roll. But like the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is more of like the pop music Hall of Fame because you have a pop artist in there. You have rappers. You have all this kind of you stuff. Have folk artists. You have right. They're starting to be more inclusive, especially like uh, you know, I mean, like a uh, somebody like Elizabeth Cotton, who is a uh, black female folk musician. So right, like, right. you know, it's not saying that that's. I'm not saying that's pandering by any means. I'm saying that's like well deserved. She's one of the greatest guitar players for that's ever for lived. sure. I think the thing that we're like really asking us here is like. Is calling it the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame really an accurate sort of descriptive title? Okay, so like for you know for the most people's uh, nomenclature, we're dorks, so we get what they're saying at this yeah, point, and yeah. like we understand it. I think maybe the like the branding of it needs to come out harder. Of like we're inclusive of all music, rock and roll um, is just like how we start. I like I think it's, they I think they should come out and sh- this is what I really think at this point. Now that I'm thinking out loud, they should really change it to the Pop Music Hall of Fame. Yeah, because that. Because if you call it the Pop Music Hall of Fame, then it is all inclusive, right? And then we can because have, pop really is popular then, music, not not like the reason bubblegum. why people are being dissatisfied. With, this has been a struggling enterprise for a couple of years yeah. now. Um, and then, like, I think why this is happening is because, too, it's like people are turned off because it's not the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame who used to tune in for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. They used right, to tune in right. for, like, Jeff Beck and Meta- that Metallica, them all yeah. doing, like, um, Train Cover Rolling. That's rock and roll. It, that's what that is. Yeah. It's Aerosmith, too, I think is in there. Um, look up that video. It's pretty cool. But um, <laughs> it's not co- – it's really bad, but it's really cool. Yeah. Um, but, like – this is what I'm talking about. Is just like now it's kind of like if it was pop music, I think it would rebrand it and give it like another life and really yeah. give it another meaning and what it truly is now. So um, I like the idea of it. Um, I think it like, but it does gatekeep a little bit. But also now with all the artists kind of getting including the way they are, it's kind of stepping away from that. Like the biggest gatekeeper moment was like the it was when the Ramones got in for like yeah. that was like one of the bigger moments I can think of. They were one of the first outsider bands to get in. Um, that was like because the Ramones were industry blackballed for the longest time, which is baffling no to me singles, though. No hit singles, no like no. When I listen to the Ramones, dude, I like my brain is like Chuck Berry. Like yeah. I don't even like and it, it like to me well, it's so real, classically but, rock and roll. Okay, well let's talk to you know? why you might think that though is because when they got in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, that's a big push. Then you have Joey Ramone Street on. Um, I think the street CBGBs is on is named Joey Ramone Street yeah. or something like that. It's the rebranding of yeah. the artists, and now you can go get a Ramones T-shirt at Target. 
maybe not, but like or Coles. <laughs> but like that's yeah, I know what you, but I know what you mean. Is like that now they have like a good legacy brand. Everything's on point. They they're on with the industry. The industry sees that it's a a viable act that was worth the salt, and it really yeah. gets their kick. So. It's but a like, tough tug and pull, though, isn't it? Because you look at it and you're like, you know, th- like like this can be a really, really good thing for specific artists and bands, but it can also just be like the stroking ego elitist thing for okay, like well, other artists, take, you know? Take Steve Miller, who was inducted by the Black Keys, got yeah. complained about it. It was like, I don't know these guys. Why can't you have one of my peers induct me? Yeah. This seems stupid. And he and that was like a they were like trying to give it to Steve Miller, but like he didn't really take like a big like push off the Rock and Roll. He just got in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Yeah. And then it's like you, it wasn't like a memorable one where like Kiss was memorable for people because Kiss yeah. was blackballed by the music industry and like much to Eddie Trunk's chagrin. And well, the music <laughs> press, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And then afterwards, everyone's like, "Oh, well, we were in on the joke." we're in the joke like we know kisses like tongue and and we're like yeah duh like, yeah right come on, guys. right like we yes you don't dress up like a like a fire breathing blood spewing demon and be like this is real profound art <laughs> you know what i mean like yeah man they're not making the sistine chapel bro they're fucking yes. you know so like that's where it's at you know what i mean and yeah. like it, it does give like some kind of artist some kind of legitimate stances you know yeah. so Oh, you didn't silence you didn't silence your phone for the pod. I did not. Leo Bio. Wait, Leo Bio. Luca Bazooka. Sorry. I'm not your son. You just called me. Oh my son's god. Name. See, I'm in dad mode right now. It's got baby birth. Yeah. Baby dad brain. I have brain. baby brain. Um, but, um sorry guys. But no, I know what you're saying. And 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 well to go on, right? Okay. So we have somebody who like I've spoken about on the podcast before in the past. You know, you have somebody like Eminem who I feel like has kind of fallen out of favor maybe with like a younger hip-hop rap listening audience. Eminem's dad rap now because we're all dad age. Right. You, that just, isn't... you just said it. Yeah, you right. You just said it out loud. He's like dad rap. Well, you're a dad. Yeah. You like Eminem. Yeah. You're dad rap. <laughs> He's a dad. Yeah. It's like Jay-Z's kind of dad rap too, right? Um. Yeah, mm-hmm. he can be. Yeah, he he is I to mean, an extent, but like Jay-Z, the young kids, he, the young yeah. kids know him. But like, I mean, they all try to change with the stuff, change with the times, rather. But the thing is, is that like, um, this stuff mostly connects to yeah, people of my generation for sure. I, I like think Eminem. Eminem pops pretty hard. He's a great artist. Um, dude, the thing is, is that like, like literally, listen, Eminem. I'm not a huge fan of like anything beyond the first. Two. Well, technically the second and the third because there was a first album, but I don't count that. I'm sorry. The Slim Shady. So yeah, the Slim. Yeah, there was one that was right before that where yeah, like his style wasn't about. completely like Eminem quite yet. I forget the name of it. Leave it in the comments below if you know. But um, yeah, the Slim Shady LP and the Marshall Mathers LP, like those two albums. Although looking back, you know the, the lyrical content is didn't really age very well. <laughs> but the thing is, is that. I don't think the point of it was to, you they know what I'm just, saying? They were just innovative. Also, in, yeah, in a way that was just like he was somebody who like, it's it's like raunchy comics. It's like you know what I'm trying to say. It's like yeah. shock rock. It's all that embodiment where it's like it w- it wasn't necessarily the content of the words as much as it was to say like look look at this word salad i can put together like how crazy is this yeah so you know? you're, you're saying like besides the words he was he's also a very talented rapper like he's on the top of this game on like every album like his, and, and any, any his rhyming is like 
is and his freestyling is bar none. Like there's, he's just he's one of the greatest and lyricists of all time. Like to and the point, if you disagree? Of, I'm sorry, but that's what it is. And to the point of two, he's bringing. Um, I don't know. Like I kind of think like the in the way like. I think he spoke to a lot of, uh, you know, like uh, poor white kids. I don't know how to really say it, like in a nice way, but like well, the two, Eminem, two things happened. Eminem spoke to like the legitimately like poor le- white kids that but he were also... that were just like him, poor and white. Yeah. So like, I think that's why like Eminem popped for a lot of people because like you didn't have like a rapper that was um like that was white and like you know who was poor and like said like what it was like to be poor and white and was good at it. That's the thing. Yeah. Good was, at it. Yeah. Listen, we've come, We like, lots of white rappers have come and gone. Yeah, that were not good before that. That were like, not Vanilla that great. Vanilla Ice, because there's no substance in right, it. Right, exactly. You know, but Eminem was raw and real and full unapologetic of and full of, and also, yeah, cr- like a tr- crazy, like, pill addict and stuff like that. Oh, like, well, I didn't mean that. I oh, meant, okay, I'm I meant, sorry. I meant, like, the raps have, like, <laughs> yeah. substance, like. Yeah, yeah, like, I know what you mean, though, yeah. Like, um. He I has mean, chops. It's like a great, it's like watching a great guitar player. You know well, what I mean? like, he does the first two albums and comes out with that third one. I mean, we're, now we're done the Eminem rabbit hole, like, you know, blow the train whistle, but, like, um. Yeah, the uh, Like, white, white America, like, the, the kickoff track of yeah. the Marshall Mathers. I mean, like, he was just putting it back in your face. He was like, yeah, I know, guys, I know. Like, yeah. and, you know, it was just all that good stuff. Yeah. Um, so Eminem, I think, well deserved. Uh, the Arithmics. Um, this Arithmics, is this is Jeff territory. This is a rather but. Jeff territory. Um, I think definitely. Um, I always kind of think like when I think of the Arithmics, I always like think like obviously kind of not being used thing, but um, I always think like way more English. Like it's you know what I mean, more of like an English sensibility. Um, yeah. But yeah, great band, innovative. Gr- um, I like them when it's on. Um, so yeah. cool, right on. Um. I think they are the top of what they do in that, like, the 80s, like, yeah. synth pop yeah. um, medium. They were, like, the top of the game of that. Like, all those singles are way better than a lot of other artists of the period. Yeah. So, I agree. Uh, moving on, um, Dolly Parton. It's not that we don't think, like, that's, like, less important than Eminem. It's just, like, we are more to talk about Eminem, so we'll do that. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, so yeah, yeah, That's, you know, we're not, like, shortchanging that, but... Um, yeah. Dolly Parton, I... I so agree with Dolly Parton. Um, please look up the, the Dolly Parton um, podcast series. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I can't remember the name of it, but if you search up Dolly Parton podcast, Mike's going to pull it up right now. Um, Dolly Parton is one of the greatest um, musical figures um, ever. She has done more for, like, and women, that's the podcast right there. Um, she's done more for women. Dolly Parton's America. Yeah, and she, it just goes through like her career and she really did a lot of great things. She started off in the Porter Wagner show and really made a career for herself. She's one of the greatest songwriters of all time. Um, Jolene, um, yeah. I will always love you. Yeah. Um, she's just really, she's a, she's a national treasure. Yes. And she's um, also very kind, um, which is, uh, comes out a lot in her work, but um, just really, really great. And uh, you know, she's also like talking to um People, a lot of different people as well. Code of many colors, like yeah, uh, very. You know, she's one of the greatest songwriters of all time. Like yeah. I'm on, you know, I'm par with like that Willie Nelson shit. So yeah, and clearly, like you said, one of the nicest, kindest people. Yeah, as well. So right. Uh, uh, onward, Lionel Richie. Of course, I mean. Yeah, Lionel Richie, cool. Um, he's great. It's not my thing at all. I think it's my parents' wedding song, but like, who knows? He was uh-uh. in the Commodores. I think so. I think it was the Commodores. The, uh, Lionel Richie is just not my thing at all. Uh, like, hello, but like, 
cool. It's good. It's someone's. It's someone's cup of tea. Time and place, though. Time, you know, time and place. You know, um, that's I mean, also everybody loves that song, and I just am. I'm a hater on it, but everybody loves uh oh not long. Great tune. Yeah, Carly Simon. Carly Simon. Do you think it's because she got that doc? Didn't she just have a doc come out? Did she? Yeah. Um, Carly Simon. I. I'm gonna say he's like um. She's no Joni Mitchell. <laughs> you know, but right on. Do we, I think she should be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? I don't think she's that significant of an artist for me to be in the Rock and Roll. I mean, Hall the fame. big song was just the "Is You're So Vain." Yeah, for me. Um, but other than that, I will say this: it might I, be a misgeneration thing with us. Yeah, perhaps. Yeah, probably because I bet you, like at the time, Carly Simon was like all over the radio. You know what I'm trying to say? Like we can't. So we are. My also, reference point starts in the '90s, so speaking, I can't really say. Speaking but. of "You're So Vain," if you do not know, uh, Mick Jagger is singing in the chorus of that song. Uh, very interesting. Is he also, really? Yes, he is. Uh, the man whose goat's head soup is right behind us. Yes, stay tuned because that's coming after the break. Um, yeah, I mean, okay, and that was for that was about James Taylor, wasn't it? Um, it might be. That's what some people have. Uh, they speculate. Have claimed. Um, some people think it's about Mick Jagger. Um, oh, interesting. Yes. Um, more interesting. Mick Jagger's rebuttal is very grossly maybe on this album behind us here. All right. Well, we'll get into the weeds later. <laughs> oh, is, it, <laughs> is, it, is it weedy? Uh, moving on. I think this is... Th- Whoa, we'll, uh, you can't move on past the Judas Priest. No, no, no. no I'm saying we'll end with Judas Priest because we're kind of running out of time for the oh, first, yeah, Judas Priest the first half the, here. The rest so of we'll, the artists are um, more of like legacy artists. Yeah. Um, and yeah, yeah. I already talked about Elizabeth Cotton. I mean, Elizabeth Cotton Friends. as well and Harry Belafonte, of yes. course. Um, but we'll end off with Judas Priest because, you know, it's rock and roll. So Judas Priest is the leather band in metal. And yep. for me, for me, they're the band that because they start off pretty bluesy. Right. Yeah. Um, for me, they're the band that takes the blues, uh, takes the, the blues and the metal completely. Yeah. Like Sabbath yeah, yeah. and Deep Purple, we're getting there. But like you still have like like Lazy on Machine Head is yeah. is a blues. Um, yeah, and he would still. He, I think, I feel like Richie Blackmore started started the beginning of like bringing in that classical influence that you see on modern absolutely. metal. But Judas Priest, yeah, they're def, they're just it's the, they are well. Metal. First of all, they are like authentically metal. It's the look, which yeah. is one of my favorite things of all time. Is that heavy metal <laughs> um, culture and style? It's Rob Halford, man, comes out of gay bar style yeah. and culture, like yeah. leather daddy culture, which is so cool um, on so many levels. Uh, it, the hyper masculinity, the leather, the motorcycles, yeah. um, all that stuff was like innovative with their image. Yeah. Um, help, you know, it's just. British Steel is one of the greatest rock and roll albums ever. Yeah. Um, all their albums after that, like, you know, it's great singles. Yeah. And they're really, they're one of those that's just kind of like, you know, when you get that, like, first wave of, like, British heavy metal, I mean, it's like you have Iron Maiden and you have Judas Priest. Like, these are the bands, you know? And uh, And Priest is just kind of so authentically their own thing, too, which is great because it's like, you know, when you have this contrast between them and, like, a Maiden, you know, Maiden is, like, these crazy long epics, these historical reference points, this, all of this crazy stuff. And Judas Priest is just, like, bare bones. Yeah. Like, I'm your turbo lover. You know what I mean? And it's just, it's so good. Electric Eye, like. Yeah, Electric um, Eye, that Also, we have to speak of Rob Halford's amazing eagle-soaring voice. Like, it's beautiful. Let me tell you, man. It's talented. It was used the way, like, he made, it's the heavy metal screech. Yeah. That's what he has. That's Rob Halford. Nope. Like, people were kind of doing, like, Ian Gillen did it, but it wasn't 
Rob Halford. Rob Halford did it with did, the yeah. precision where you're like, yeah, because even even still, like you watch the early or the early Ian Gillen stuff, and he's kind of hamming it up a little bit. You know yeah. what I mean? He's kind of like, you know, he's well, kind of slop jalop about it. Whereas we're talking Halford, about Child and Time, yeah, kind yeah, of thing, right, which is exactly. it's cool. Like Child and yeah. Time is cool, but like it's not like. You know, it's not so. It's not. It's not. It's not. It's he, not a laser like with with Halford. It feels so dialed in. Electric eye. The yeah, like man. that kind of stuff. It's oh, just really. It's amazing. Yeah, I, I. I mean, I really love Judas Priest. I think they're like my first real concert. Like one of mine too. I saw them at Ozfest yeah. um, that year. They were just like electric eye. Like they come out. It's just really it comes cool. out of the eye. <laughs> the whole thing is amazing. Yeah, but um. Just the whole look of heavy metal is them. So like they, I think they should have gotten it a long time ago. They're influential on the look and the style and a hundred percent the way heavy metal's played. Yeah. Um. The two guitar. Yeah, the dueling guitar thing. The only the only band I can think of that was like doing anything quite like that was like Thin Lizzy. Thin Lizzy. Yeah. And before that, um. Oh man, I I Wishbone Ash. Oh, okay. Wishbone Ash. Has, There's really, really super early Scorpion stuff from the 70s. That's that harmonized that's guitar. That's kind of that harmonized least. guitar stuff, yeah, too. Yeah, and that's like, that is so, the harmonized guitar is so heavy metal, and like, not a lot of people were doing it. And it was no, like, not well, yeah, not the way that they were. You would think like a, some people would like be into it before in like the 60s, like an innovation. Nobody was like really like innovating yeah. with that. Everybody was going like slide blues and then like you do that and you start playing all the leads. You had, I, yeah, you kind of had like these designations, right, where there was the rhythm guitar player and the lead guitar player. Right, and then you'd have two people now playing lead guitar. Lead together. Oh, Ooh, ooh good mur- save. <laughs> murder your thirst. Murder your thirst. Liquid um, Death, give us money, please. Yeah, please. Which I've drinking one on every one of these video <laughs> episodes. <laughs> um... I, it's not money I want. It's the liquid death I want. Yeah, we just want the drink. Um, I want the berry... What is it? There's like the um, the names for them are ridiculous. I do not know the flavor. I, uh, I'm a sparkling water fan. Yeah, I was Yeah, I was talking to a coworker about that. But, uh, anyway, Judas onward. Priest. Judas Priest, well-deserved, I think. Great band. Check them out. Listen to them. British Steel, amazing. Rock and Rolla, not quite there. <laughs> the first album. Yes. Because I'm a first album guy. You know, and I was so excited to get that, and I was like, "Oh, this is not. You are not. Into it's it. good. It's just not. Yeah. But it's just not realized. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like it just wasn't what we wanted. The cake's you know. not baked. It's not baked yet. Yeah, no. But um. So anyway, there so you have it. There's your Rock and Roll Hall of Fame 2022. Um, we maybe have come to the conclusion on this podcast that it should be called the Pop Hall of Fame. I think we might have also come to that conclusion last year. Who knows? Yeah, you might. Um, but like. I like the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and I think it's fun, and I think it's a cool museum to go see. And um, I'm in, yeah, I'm into it. I don't, I'm not sipping. And a Jack, Jack Black and um, Kyle were, ga- I think Kyle, Kyle Gass, Gass yeah. were able to break into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame to retrieve the Pick of Destiny as well. Oh, so. well, you could just say uh, the greatest group of all time, Tenacious D. Tenacious D. My father took me to see that movie on Thanksgiving. Yeah. Yeah, it was pretty fun. Nice. I still have the movie ticket. Cock push-ups. <laughs> That was the whole thing. I was like, what are you talking about? I was like, my dad didn't do anything to me. the cock. No, I was not. Oh, my God, no. I was like, what are you talking about? All right, so anyway, moving on. There you have it. The Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Dunzo. Uh, (laughs) We wanted to cover a couple other things real quick. Did you want to go in? Wherever you want. Take us next. Uh, We can go in memoriam real quick. We can do a quick in memoriam. Uh, Rest in Rest in peace to the real stinky, stinky Pete, stinky Joe, whatever, uh, stumpy, stumpy Joe. Stumpy Joe peeps. <laughs> um, Rick Parnell, the uh, this is Spinal Tap drummer. Yeah, the uh, guy who plays at, him in the movie. Died at 70. Uh, yes. Um, 
there when you see like Spinal Tap on stage, right? He's the one. Yeah, he's the guy. He's yes. like the current, like the current uh, drummer with like the lineup that they're documenting. Oh, I thought he was like the original guy in the movie. Yeah, no, that's what I mean though. Oh, is that yeah, he's okay. the guy? He, yeah, yeah, but it's not big because they they run through oh, yes. all the previous the drummers. drummers. Yes, he's and that the, one dude, uh, he's who's the guy the... who's currently in the band with them. Well, yes, I get yeah, what yeah. Who's the who's uh, the guy? Stanley Sitwell. What's his <laughs> what's that actor's name? Oh my gosh, I don't know. <laughs> you know what I want. Um, but yeah, so we love this. Was Spinal Tap is one of the great um, rock and roll. It movies of all time it's yeah, a yeah. mockumentary mockumentary yeah it's um, like the, Rob Reiner's in it it's, it's the pre um, Dewey Cox masterpiece yes it's the proto Dewey Cox mm-hmm. um, it is it's such a good movie um, we just I saw this um, on online the other day and I just wanted to shout out the the rest in peace because uh, I mean e- during what is that scene um, the sweet of the cushion <laughs> what, what's the name of that song oh I can't remember um, you know what I'm is that Big Bottoms? Yeah, Big Bottoms. Yeah. Big Bottoms. Big Bottoms. The drummer in that scene where he's playing like all toms for so absurd. And they're all playing basses. <laughs> they're all playing basses. Uh it's it's a great movie. But uh shout out, you know, rest in peace. Um and uh, you know, we just just wanted to, wanted to yeah. shout out shout um, out one of the greatest drummers of all time. Yes, here, here. Um, our condolences to the Parnell um, yes, estate. And of every drummer who came before him. Yes, yeah, Stumpy Joe. Stumpy Joe peeps. You can't dust for vomit. You can't dust for vomit. He died in an... In a, there was a flash of green light. <laughs> and this little green globule was left on the drum throat. Um, so real quick to wrap up the first half, and then we're going to get into the weeds with the stones. Um, so Garth Brooks... Garth. Um, if you're a fan of your mom's house podcast, like, yeah. you know where it's at, and I'm not going to say anything else. Yeah, Garth Brooks. Um, so it was in the news recently. Um, Garth Brooks played a show. Yeah, it down at LSU's Tiger Stadium. Over a hundred thousand fans danced and sang so hard, a seismograph on campus registered a small earthquake. <laughs> the- Who would have knew? The video? Did you watch the video? <laughs> no, I didn't watch the video. Incredible. Really? The he screams like Louisiana, like in the lyric. Louisiana. Girl from Louisiana. And the whole crowd screams Louisiana. And it's like, whoa. I'm like, I don't understand how the band hears themselves. It's that loud. It's that loud. It's every like, is it- every multiple cell phone video I found on YouTube and whatever, it was just like you could barely hear the band in really? the stadium. He's playing in the round too. So oh, it's, is it's he? 360 speakers. Oh it's not like it's straight out. Like when I saw the stones, it was a straight out like that kind yeah. of thing. No, this is, he was in the round in the stadium. So the whole middle of the stadium is full. And the whole outside of the stadium is full. It was Madness. one of the most in- incredible things I've ever, you Madness. know, but yeah. And I think, um, uh, there is the, somebody had tweeted about it and stuff. I'll put the graph up in a graphic up here somewhere so you can actually see you can see when the song starts and like the seismograph like graph itself is just like whoa like it just expands that would be that would be good to see um also we should we're gonna link a a video of it yeah we'll link it in the description box you can see what it is but um amazing um also down in baton rouge he's playing it in you know louisiana like yeah 
it the whole the whole vibe of the place it was amazing. And then like I watched a video too, and I was like, shit, dude, Garth Brooks is such is still a great performer. Yeah, dude, he's just like into it. Everybody's having a great time. Yeah. Um, I can't lie, guys. Like I'm a I'm a Garth Brooks fan. Like yeah, dude, like he's got the hits for days and um his fans caused a earthquake which is <laughs> for garth brooks is pretty good it's amazing i mean in the days of like the stadium shows like you feel like people are disconnected it felt like everybody in that stadium was connected yeah. which is something like if you can make a stadium feel like it's one big family during a song that's on an amazing i mean thing, and really so. think about it right okay so the first album came out in 1989 yep He's been making albums until present. Well, twenty twenty was the was the last until until Chris Gaines until Chris Gaines. Well, Chris Gaines he had the was comeback. He had, a, he had a comeback but after that. But he, listen to this back to back though. Ninety nine, Garth Brooks in the life of Chris Gaines, and then Garth Brooks and the magic of Christmas. <laughs> in the same year, he drops. Yeah, backup plan. Um, but yeah, I think this is one of those things too, because Garth Brooks. If you think about it, like you look at like his career. I mean, basically, all right, the first album eighty nine, but well, the that's crazy thing early nineties, you know, which was the soundtrack to what I think you're saying you is know. his Garth Brooks is still at the top of his game, and he's not even like really releasing active music, right? And he's yeah, killing not it. really ninety nine, the the Christmas and the Chris Gaines, two thousand one, and then nothing until twenty fourteen. That's what I'm saying. And then another Christmas album in 2016 with yes. Trisha Yearwood. Safe. Gunslinger in 2016, Safe. and then Fun in 2020. Yeah, so he's like releasing albums every couple of years, but like he's selling out stadiums. Yeah. He's at the top of but his the game. But the early, if you look at his early career, 89, 90, 91, 92, 92, 93, 95, 97. Oh, different music industry. Yeah. On the come up. Yeah. You know. Yeah, yeah. But. And people were actually buying music then too. But if you that's think, what, but, that's what I meant by that. Yeah, but if you think about it too, it's just like that. You know, Garth Brooks is like, you know, whether you like him or not, or whether it's your kind of music or it's not. Like the dude, he was he's a pop country idol, if you want to call it that. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like that dude, like great. I mean, I just, super successful, I just can't Grammy believe. award winning. Can you imagine being in the stadium? Mm. It was so loud. So. Yeah. Very, very cool. Very cool. Very cool. So there you have it. Garth Brooks. Check it out. We'll link it so that way you can watch the video. We will we will link it. Um all right. Well, let's take a quick oh, break. I wanted to shout out oh. one more thing real fast before okay. we go on break. Um I just wanted to shout out um I know I try to do like bands I'm interested in when they come out with new albums. Oh, yes, uh yes. I just wanted to I know I shout out Ty Siegel's new single. Um Wilco have announced uh Cool Country and it's a follow up to their two thousand nineteen um album. So I just wanted to. Has a single been released yet, or it's just an album announcement? I believe one single has been released, um, and yeah. So I just wanted to shout that out, and it's coming out at the end of the month. Um, that's going to be Cool Country from the band Wilco. Cool Country is the name of the album. Yes. Okay. Um, cool. I enjoyed their last album, um, Ode to Joy, quite a bit. Um, it was pretty low key. They said okay. this one's going to be more of a country vibe. So um, I just wanted to keep people up on that and be on the lookout if you're interested in it. And okay. if you're, uh, we'll they, talk about it when it comes out. Did they give a specific release date? Um, I think, or just like it's coming soon? Uh, I think it's at the 27th, 527. So the 27th of May. Yep. Okay, cool. Well, we'll have to do a album review when that comes out. Um, all right, cool. Well, let's take a quick break. We'll be right back and we are going to talk about. The Rolling Stones! Paint it black, you devil. <laughs> Rolling Stones. We'll be right back. Mm-hmm. 
when the sports world was introduced to two new team names within a week, comedian Dave Primiano told his friend and fellow comedian Dan Getz, we should do a limited series podcast where we rank all the team names in sports. And they did just that. And after they were done, they decided, hey, let's just keep ranking stuff. Thus was born the Rank Bank, where each week they are joined by a panel of experts, aka fellow comedians, to rank all things ranging from the unimportant to the really unimportant. New episodes drop on Mondays and sometimes Tuesday if it's a two-parter. Be sure to follow them on Twitter and Instagram at the underscore rank underscore bank. All right, welcome back, everyone. Luke, here's looking at you and Murder and Thirst. Welcome back to Get in the Garage. (laughs) The music podcast. Um... Free music lover. Sorry, I couldn't yeah. get my no, couldn't that's get okay. the ending out. It's okay. Um, real quick, before we get into uh, it with um, the main topic that we're going to discuss here, we want to give a quick shout out to our man Master P and the Rap Snacks. Also, shout out to uh, our man Philip Lombardo, who stay stay posted because uh, we got a special thing planned with. Yeah, we're going to follow up our episode we did with Phil, which was entitled Rap Snacks. Yes. Um, please check that out. It's an audio-only episode before we switch over to video. But, yes, but um, we will have Phil up on full video. Yeah, we're going to get on. down. Uh, we think we're going to cover some DMX, so it's going to be pretty exciting. Yeah. Um, I don't know anything about DMX, so I'm uh, going to play the role of interested interviewer and uh, learner. Yeah. So, and uh, if, it'll be fun. So if you don't really know about DMX either, it'll be a good time. Yeah, and I would also say, too, that if you have between now and I think it's either next week we're going to try to shoot for with him or the following week. Yeah, watch the uh, HBO documentary. I right? watched it last night and it is heavy. Heavy. Oof. But it is heavy. So as, disclaimer. As DMX but... would say, uh, what is it? It's dark and hell is hot. <laughs> <laughs> so. Rest in peace, DMX. He gonna give it to you. <laughs> um, right now, we're gonna give you some Rolling Stones. Though. Yes, right. So the greatest rock and roll band of all time. So the thing that sparked interest in in, in going for my this opinion. was uh, also my opinion. I share this opinion with you as well. Was that uh, Luke? You just picked up this box set yeah. in celebration of the soup. Yes. Um, I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be straight up, guys. Uh, it was tax day. Yeah, and uh, I'm also a heavy supporter of my local record stores. Don't get fooled. Yeah, but um, I saw this deal on Amazon when I was buying the printer. Um, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> this box set retails for like I think when it came out it was like 120 something. Yeah, this was on sale for like 60 dollars. So I bought. You on it, man. The, it's okay. Um, Goat's Head Soup 2020 box set. This came out um, September 4th of 2020. Here we go. It's uh, in a gray box. So um, pretty much like uh, I'm going to give you, since I I got this uh, in celebration of me doing my taxes, what we're kind of going to do here is give you a little bit of like a little review of the box set, um, what's on it, what's in it, like um, all that cool stuff. And then we're going to talk about the album and uh, what we feel about it. And uh, Yeah, because this album is special in its own way. The box set, I should say. Yeah. And the album itself, but it's uh, you know, it's a kind of like a hot, hot button Stones record. So mm. um, we'll get into all of that. So let's start off with the box itself. Um, it's kind of understated, gray, kind of plain, right? Yeah. Um, I think aesthetically, it's nice. Aesthetically, it's pleasing. I kind of wish it said the Rolling Stones somewhere on Ooh, it. Oh yeah, maybe in like some like some gold leafy kind of. Yes. Yeah, so, yeah. um, but the box is pretty cool. I do like the pictures. Nice, like you know. So we're gonna open it up here. Right, and then it comes with 
the new mix of the album done by um can you look up uh giles martin is it giles martin um the sun let's see um so we'll figure that out actually it's probably on this piece of paper right here but um it comes with the original or not the original album it comes with the um the remixed uh goat's head soup album which is one of these right here it's this one um and it comes in the gatefold and you have all of them in there and it's two discs and the second discs has some outtakes um some b-sides and then um what i think is strangely some original mixes um from the original album i would have rather had like other stuff on there not that um because i obviously already own the original album probably most people do that bought this so why would you kind of want that but um and some instrumental takes on the other disc but yeah. So it comes with that, and then what the, I really got this box set for is right behind Michael, um, is the um, Brussels Affair, uh, the live in 1973, the tour that accompanied um, this album release of Europe, and it has a set of uh, great songs and all that fun stuff. Um, but yeah, so that's that, and that's really why I got this box set. So I knocked over the nun. Yeah. <laughs> We'll just, be having none of that. We'll just be, yeah, we'll put this up here for now. Yeah, so that's yeah. Uh, so like what's in there. So, and can I just, I, can I just say as well that what I did really enjoy was it kind of like rekindled my interest in this record because, like, you know, I'm a sticky fingers guy, like through and through, and I do love me some Exile on Main Street. But Goat's Head Soup was one that I remember buying, and I was like, I bought it, and it like sat on the shelf for a little while, and then I gave it a spin, and then I haven't really listened to it since. Right. So, so this was a fun thing to listen to for me too, like to kind of like look back on it and be like, oh yeah, because this is. Because the Stones' body of work is so huge, right? I think this is their eleventh album, if I'm not wrong. Seventy three. Uh, um, so this record um, comes after what we would classify, and most mu- like music nerds would classify as the Stones' classic period. Um, we've talked about Stevie Wonder's classic period on this show. Yep. Um, starting with music in my mind and ending with songs in the key of life. Um, the Rolling Stones' classic period would start with um, Beggars Bank. Beggar's Banquet in 68, uh, 69's Let It Bleed, 71's Sticky Fingers, 72 is Exile on Main Street, and then 1973 is yes. where people consider this the break of the classic streak um, was released. Uh, Goat's Head Soup, and people don't think this is a perfect album. Um, this is the last one with Mick Taylor, correct? <clears throat> nope, that would be uh, oh. It's Only Rock and Roll, but um, this oh, okay. is... Pretty much, like, it's like kind of fizzing out at this the point. last full flavor of Mick Taylor. So yeah, I got you. Okay. Um, also, this is the 11th British and the 13th American studio album. There you go. Um, yeah. But yeah, so like, let's talk Goat's Head Soup for a minute. So um, we talked about the classical period. Goat's Head Soup is um, what people consider the break. I think it has some more danceable tracks, some popular tracks. Um, it's I don't I don't necessarily think it's um, I don't necessarily think any of the songs are particularly worse than like the second half of like um, Exile on Main Street. Because yeah, Exile on Main Street's a hefty boy, man. That's a big. That's a that's a big album, right? And like that, people th- people so are like stuff Exi- gets lost in the sauce. You know what I mean? Not to cut you off, but like that's how I felt with Exile. That is how I also feel with Exile. Exile has great songs on the B side. Um, I feel like this record was just like a change up completely. Um, it's kind of like a back to basics record as yeah. as much as like everybody says that like um exile main street is the back to 
base it's like a basic rock and roll record there's a lot of different flavors on there like it has a whole like acoustic side the second yeah. side is all acoustic pretty much starting uh with uh, 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 Sweet Virginia, um, Love and Cup, um, Sweet Black Angel, um, Torn and Frayed. Yeah. Um, like that kind of stuff. And it has the acoustic stuff. Um, and then it has like the blues, really bluesier stuff. And even like the, you know, the beginning is like, has like the um, Slim Harpo cover, you know. Um, but so it is really rock and rolly. But this album seems more like gro- groovy to yeah. me and like it was obviously more concise um i thought this one was definitely more groove oriented and like dance thought about yeah um like let's take the opening track uh dancing with mr d uh or not the opening track i'm so sorry uh heartbreaker okay yeah the one so like heartbreaker for me is a more dancier song heartbreaker like yeah. that kind of stuff um even dancing with mr d um is more of like that it is slinky and stonesy but it's more of like the dancing dancing yeah um right. more chorus heavy like yeah. i feel like a lot Foot of stomper yes like um so i the second half of this album for me might be the the contention of where it gets a little ooh, a little more soupy can i tell you yeah the song angie you okay so also like big stones contention forever has been angie yeah because i did I'll, it's but I'll people say this. love it or hate it right and i was i was team hater for a while but now going back and like re-listening to it and i think because they also i think they also play it on the live yeah they definitely do um uh if you look, I kind of like if I, you look i think this is jagger's notes on the back uh it says on angie it says best angie does uh, it where is it Yep, right Angie, there. Yeah. Angie, best Angie. Best Angie. Yeah, and you yeah. like highlighted it. It is it did you see the song in a new light live? I think it's way better I live. I did, yeah. And I, I think it, the recording falls a little But what I'm saying but that's what, what I found interesting was kind of like because like when I first revisited this, I was like, All right, let me listen to the live thing first. To give me to just get me back in it. You know yeah, what I mean? Because it's, it's like because the live, hits. it's got some hits. I'm, you know what I mean? Yeah. So this is like, also good because we're also going to talk about, you know, we're talking about this box set too. So like, what? Yeah. Uh, what was? What did you feel about this live set on here? I mean, I feel like for this is me, the main package on this. For, this is my thing, man. Okay, and I'm speaking to all the guitar nerds out there. But it's like, yo, if you're going to say Peter Green, if you're going to say Eric Clapton, if you're going to say Jimmy Page, if you're going to say Richie Blackmore, if you're going to say rips all over. Have to say Mick fucking taylor dude he, makes he the shits all band. over this thing and then i mean in the best way possible and doing it on an sg which is great too because i love the fact that he was an sg guy he wasn't really like a les paul guy and all those sort of like iconic blues greats dudes who played with john mayall and the blues breakers because mick taylor played with john mayall for a hot second i think post peter green they were all the les paul guys you know what i mean so for mick taylor to come out and rock the sg the way that he did i don't know a hundred percent that he played an sg on this specific you know, but really the only other person I could think of that was rocking an SG sort of like in that way at that time was probably Dickie Betts with the Allman Brothers. He would sport an SG every here and there. Like every once in a while, he was kind of heavy Les Paul too. I think Tony Iommi. But Tony Iommi, right, Tony Iommi, right. Originally a blues guitar player, so you can't really like totally rule him out. He was of the era. Mick Taylor is, he, like um, for me, it's the second song. It's on Gimme Shelter. Um, Gimme Shelter. He rips so hard on, on Gimme Shelter on this live yeah, set. Yeah, man. He's um, just all the over solo the solo is dude. kicking. Even like in the verses, like the he's like on fire. He's like playing 
very charged up. Um, yeah. I like this live set too. It's really heavy. It's got like the two long pieces that go together in the middle um, of Midnight Rambler, and um, you do, uh, can't always get what you want. Yeah, they come is, out super, super strong. Yeah, and then it gets like stupid mellow on Midnight Rambler, and you can't yeah. always get what you want. Like it gets like it's rocking. Like Midnight Rambler is like pretty like a rock and yeah. mellow, but um, but then it, it starts picking back up. Honky Tonk Woman things yeah, start kind of getting. Yeah, and then it steams back up on like yeah. this like um, almost like amphetamine fueled like <laughs> charge to the end. Hold on, it's cocaine fueled <laughs> charge. I was trying to be polite about it. That's <laughs> no, okay. I mean, we've already talked about Aerosmith. We can openly talk about cocaine now. Yeah. So um, and this tour would be very infamous for that 1973 but, um, man yeah so this yeah. live set though is amazing mick taylor rips all over it this is one of the best like it's like kind of like it's it's just a great stone set it's really yeah. good also to to be noted um like two of these songs are from like a different set like there's a late show and an early show brown sugar oh, is from okay. i think the, one of the earlier shows and i think the breathless set is from like the late show and i think maybe you okay. can't always get is from the other one but um it sounds cohesive um also you noted to me that you loved hearing mick jagger speak um french, french. <laughs> yeah. he's like a yeah you're like all right mick take it easy uh it's pretty cool he does it in like every country do you ever do you ever see oh, that did you see the cuban one yeah he does it. he's like Como esta, esta usted, or whatever he yeah. says and you're just like Whoa. All right. But only Mick Jagger, I guess, could do it. He's a great front man. man. <laughs> He's a good front man. Um, but yeah, star, star, amazing. Oh. Like I said, Angie just brought me back to kind of like maybe refalling in love with this song because there's, you know, you get that from a lot of rock bands that you listen Angie to. You know what I mean? Where there's is... like some kind of snoozers, but like all of a sudden you're like, you know, this song though. Angie is, a, I think, is a great, is always been like a great Stone song. I think it, like the arrangement on the album is a little stiff. Like, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, um, Oh man, like Star Star, which is I can't, you know, yeah. which is we're being polite, but the song is called uh, "Brace Your Ears, Children." Uh, it's called Star Fucker. Yes. So, trigger warning. Um, but that song, even see, like that's where we're getting like content, like th- that's where it's like, you know, do so, people really so, not like that tune? Uh it's like, a, or is it, is it like a divider kind of thing, like I with th- Stones fans? I think it's like they don't. I don't think they play it anymore. Um, they definitely played it when they wrote it. Um, yeah. Their record company was not happy about it. The song's about um groupies. Yeah. Um, of the act of doing what the song's name is um it's yeah. very vulgar some people think it's about um one of the rock and roll hall of fame inductees um oh so interesting that's like a rumor about it yeah. um the song they were very adamant they wanted it released as a single if you believe that or not it, and i think it's on the b-side of um yeah i was gonna say i could have sworn that i had i it's on the, i think it's it, on the it's B-side, b-side on of, a 45 i can't remember well we're gonna look it up here all right but it look definitely it is on the b-side of something yeah but like i said man it's just like i mean the like the Stones, it's just one of those bands. Like I find that, like, you know, I mean, because I feel like in the beginning, maybe I don't. Of course, I don't know because my reference point and so on. But you know, it's like Beatles or Stones. You know what I mean? Like this, like who was, who was Team Beatles? Who was Team Stones? It's on the B side of do 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 heartbreaker. Oh, okay. Um, I think I have that forty-five actually. I think you do as well. Um, I lost my train of thought. Crap. Oh, yeah, no, like, you were like... Beatles or Stones, but... Yeah, um, Beatles, but it's just like... I don't know, because I find people... Like, you know what's interesting is, like, I find that people who don't like the Stones, like, vehemently, are, like, very clearly, like, I hate this band. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's either yeah. that, like, I don't... I find you either... You either get... You either catch it or you don't. Like, you catch the bug, the Stones bug, and I... I 
I and think, I wasn't huge into the Stones well, early this is on. Why you were I the think, one who turned me on to the Stones. That's like, why I think a lot of people don't, because everybody's always, what you're trying, I think you're like kind of alluding to is like people are saying like, oh, I didn't mean to say like what you were trying to say, but no, like no, what, no, you, what you were yeah, alluding yeah. to, you're like Beatles and your Stones thing is like, um, is like, uh, like the Stones are like, uh, the Beatles are like at their core pop group and at mm-hmm. the core of what the Rolling Stones are. Is a rock and roll group. Like, they yeah. are not a pop group. They're a rock and roll group. Yeah, that's the difference. They're the greatest rock and roll band of all time. Not the greatest right. pop group of all time. No, like right, and like right, even right. at yeah. that, like Angie is like you hear on the album, and you're like on Goat's Head Soup, and you're like it doesn't really work as well as like some of the a lot of the acoustic side on um, Exile on Exile. Yeah. Um, but then you hear it live. In the more laid back arrangements, not so stiff. It's not in the studio, way better. Yeah. Also, Exile Main Street was recorded mostly in a chateau basement. Do you mm, know what I'm saying? So, yeah. it's the vibe of this was also a lot of this album was done. Uh, Goat's Head Soup was done in Kingston, Jamaica. Believe it or not, which you think would also be more laid back, but mm. I think the Stones were on the run. They were on tax evasion a lot in the 70s. There's a <laughs> lot of drugs going on. Yeah, there's a lot of running here, running there. There's a lot of law. Um, and for me, I think this album could have been great. Um, I think like, and I feel like the remix didn't super save it, but it does have like, it does have good, great songs on it. I just feel like it's a little muddled and could have like some greater songs on it. Yeah. Well, I think that's the thing is like, if you look at that, like if you, if you, okay, obviously you have a lot of preceding albums, right? But if you take, if you started at like, let it bleed or even beggars banquet, you know what I mean? But it's like Let It Bleed, Sticky Fingers, Exile on Main Street. Like, those are, like, huge Stones out. Like, you know what I mean? Like, there's, I think there's a point when you're a band like this where it's just like, you know, oh, you ever, you like, this saying, oh, the, it's a tough act to follow. Like, yeah. you become the tough act to follow. Well, you know what I mean? You become your own tough act to follow. So, like, what do you do? How does that happen? And you as know? you say that, too, a lot of critics say this is the album where the Rolling Stones became the Rolling Stones. Like, they made a Rolling Stones album. This is the first album where the Rolling Stones made a Rolling Stones album. Mm. And it kind of feels like that. Um, I forget who said that. Um, yeah. uh, famous Lester Bangs also said there was like a profound kind of sadness about this record, where it sounded like happy sad kind mm. of thing, where you were putting on like a that thing. Um, so there's maybe a lot of that going on too. I was trying to kind of pick that out. Um, and it's know, got that like the B side has those kind of like droney. It kind of gets a little droney for me on the B side. Like there's not a lot of like. Like where like Heartbreaker has that great standout chorus. Um, where, do, where does side Where does side two start? Silver Train. Yeah. So Silver Train, hide your love. Oh, Winter. Silver, Silver Train's a good song. I like. Yeah. I liked it, but like to stand it out. You know what I mean? It's not. It's not. It's not. It's side two is Sticky Fingers. Which you know, which is bitch. Yeah. Yeah, right, right. You know what side I mean? two comes in hard hitting. Yeah, because that's the other thing and you then have to side, think of. Side two of uh, Exile is Sweet Virginia, one of the yeah. best stone songs ever but that's but it's interesting too like if you think about it right like to kind of like tie it into big picture if we're talking like the way that albums were constructed because that's the thing right is if you listen to this album while you're streaming it it doesn't necessarily have as much of an impact on you what the first song of side two is until you listen to it on an album and why that is a significant thing and how Oh, the the break in an album is is the break. It yeah. is the intermission. It's when you get up to take a piss. It's when you go and get a drink. Mm-hmm. It's when you smoke a cigarette. It's yeah. like whatever, and then you go come back and you flip it. Yeah, and then you get it's a new it's a new mood. 
Right. Right. And a lot, and it can be done to great effect. It can be done to terrible effect, or to no effect and no thought at all. But it yeah. can be done to great thought. Yeah. It's, you know, side one of side one of sticky fingers is brown sugar, and yep. side two is bitch. Yeah. It's, Come just coming in. It's a it, they're both stupid hot rockers. Like, yeah. um, like this song is good, but. And then, like, the second song. Hide it, Your Love yeah, is the next tune. I mean, it's just, for me, it just doesn't have the consistent, you know. Yeah, because it is, because it, I mean, right, aside from Star Star ending it, see, maybe, like, maybe Star Star would have been a better but side e- two opener. But even to that, man, like, is. But what's your closer? But even to that, this is the other thing, too. Like, it's it's a song about groupies. Yeah. It's a song about what it is, and people still do this today you know i mean like i'm not yeah. gonna like act like it's not a thing but like does has a song aged super well no right because like, of course not because it's frowned upon for rock stars to do it now yeah right right and yeah. to uh, engage in it on any level almost. right you know what i mean where it right. still happens a lot but like it wouldn't be something you write a song about yeah right it's something yeah right 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 because right. this is like in a braggadocio way sort of being like <laughs> yeah it's like i'm the star <laughs> <laughs> yeah right. yeah so he's like yeah it's it's very it's very um oh did i also yeah really. it, it, um also there's that gross uh you know i don't i don't really like saying the word because it doesn't roll off my tongue very well but the uh the p word in there did you hear the edit on the uh on that on no because like the i think they unedited it out but my vinyl copy when he says the word pussy it, um, oh my god this it, see this one it's it's we need trigger alerts hell over this one <laughs> i'm just kidding i'm just fucking with i'm you. just saying it never sounds yeah, I know it mean. never sounds good when yeah, I, it's I, a, I, it's, I say it it's kind of an icky word i don't know i don't like that word anyway but yeah i'm just I, it's not a word it's, yeah it's not a, but anyway but anyway he uses it in Mick the song did. and um they like try to edit over it but by doing it they almost bring just more prominence to the fact that he says it so you're like what um and even in the chorus on my original my uh copy there it's uh the chorus is edited low so it's, it might kind of sound like he's saying star you're a star you're a star because right, the song right. is titled star star yeah um but if you have a work a set like a wor- um oh my god a set of working ears yeah if you have a working mouth um <laughs> If you have a set of working years, you can clearly see what the song's about. But yeah, that's the other thing too. The yeah. song like super uh, kind of hasn't aged well in that manner. I think um, it's a song that I enjoy listening to, though. Um, you know what I yeah. mean? It's not like whatever. Um, I can you know, but it's a uh, it's the Rolling Stones. It's one of the most debaucherous rock and roll songs of all time. It's the album Ender. Yeah. Um, I think it's the Stones in complete like um, excess of themselves. Oh yeah. Um, and that's maybe why the album doesn't come out, uh, as strong, like, and that's the thing. I think it, the album is in excess of itself a little yeah. bit. Um, it, it's not as, maybe as soulful as mm. we would have liked the Rolling Stones to be. Yes, but, but I... But uh, saying that, it's an album I enjoy a ton. Um, it's a really good album. Um, it's one I definitely think you should listen to. Yeah. Um, I think it's way better than it's only rock and roll by miles and miles and miles. Yeah. Like who territory there? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> if you picked up on that <laughs> reference, th- I congratulations. Can't see miles. Yeah. Um, so I think it's miles, and I think it's the it's the last great Mick Taylor record for me. Um, yeah. What's so? Let me. For, for me, it's a it's it's the and it's the last great record before some girls 
in 78, I believe. So yeah. that's for me where, where it's at. So if we were going to go, just for funsies here, just if we were going to go. So, oh, well, before we, before, can you hold this thought yes, really fast? Yes. Before we go with this next thought here, I just want to say the box set is good for $60. I would never pay um, $120 for this. I don't mm. think it's worth it. Um, there's no book that comes with it. Um, there's no like great liner notes. Um, the second disc, disc of B-sides um, seems almost like they were trying to throw something together. You have that Scarlet song um, with Jimmy Page, which is cool, but um, it Do seems... Do we need it? Yeah, is the real question. I really did buy this for that live set, which for $60 is almost worth it alone. The new mix is cool. The new album, if you don't own it, this is a great set um, And for that. But um, like, if I'm giving it a letter grade, I'd give it a C. Um, it's just not below in my mind Van Morrison style. Yeah. Sorry, guys. <laughs> <laughs> um, so if we so back to funsies, right? So for if you if you were gonna rank maybe like your own personal, not to make it too heavy, but if we're gonna go like let it bleed to its only rock and roll. So let it bleed, sticky fingers, exile, goats, head soup. It's only rock and roll. Like how would you how would you rank those? I would assume it's only rock and roll is probably like the five. Yeah, like the worst. That's the worst, the worst one. one. Um. And then go ten, yeah. right? And then um, my favorite is probably uh, uh, sticky, sticky fingers. Sticky fingers, and then yeah. uh, beggars banquet probably, and then let it bleed, and then, and then exile. Yeah. Um, oh wait, no, exile's no. Wait, XLV number two, and then yeah, then beggars banquet's two. between uh, Sorry, before guys. let it bleed, but that's okay because it's still it's. I mean it's it's well it's sixty eight, but um, I see like even for me because like I listen to. Um, Beggar's Banquet like a ton this week and I'm like and then listen I was listening to Beggar's Banquet then this then Beggar's Banquet then this and Beggar's Banquet then this hmm. um cuz I'm like Beggar's Banquet has um um you know some big songs it has sympathy for the devil yep um but like and it has a uh, street fighting man but um you know, it also has like uh, Straight Cat Blues. Yeah, which is a, a big Stone song. There's great Hershey songs Woman, on it. Parachute Woman, Jigsaw Puzzle, Dear Doctor, No Expectations, Factory Girl, Salt of the Earth. But like Salt of the Earth, they're not playing all the time. Prodigal Son. Prodigal Son, they're not playing all the time. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, so it has some like, le- like it's they're big albums because they're great albums. But like I was like trying to be like, what's the difference? Because like these aren't like super well known Stone songs. Yeah. On there are some on there, but like there's a lot that's like you know. You know, that's well, if we're lesser. so if we're sitting here taking a look at Beggar's Banquet, right? Right, and you're kind of making this mental sort of comparison with yeah, that. Yeah, I was, and I was trying Ted to figure Soup. out what, what the difference was between the records, but maybe it's like maybe would you go as far to say is I am a novice when it comes to the stone, so I'm asking you as someone who's more informed, would you say that Beggar's Banquet is the goat's head soup of the Brian Jones era? No, 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 Beggar's okay. Banquet is the kickoff. Is like, is like the kickoff of of is like the kickoff of the classic. It's just so, it's the beginning. It's yeah. It's the because be- even it's Satanic Majesty's of, Request. Is, I didn't connect is, with that album very much. No, that album is like it's psychedelic and not. Yeah. It's not a really great rock and roll record. Right. Like where the rest of those albums are really great rock and roll records. Yeah, and they're very soulful. Um, where this album is a little bit hollowy when has um a not musically anything to do with um satanic majesties but um maybe like soulfully something to yeah. do with that it kind of yeah. sounds like that kind of thing yeah yeah you know okay um there's good stuff on this like on um 
Goat said. It's just it you feel the the shift of the band changing. Yeah. Um, and then I feel like the band gets their um gets back on track with with some girls. Some girls for me is a classic Stones record. Yeah, I feel like when Ronnie Wood comes in the picture, that's things the, are kind of like, oh, okay, this is okay that, now. For me, that's the only classic Ronnie Wood record. I think that's from. Oh well, yeah. Actually, I mean, Tattoo You, Tattoo You is okay. Tattoo You okay. But for me, Tattoo You is not some girls. Some girls is like an attitude. Yeah. Some girls is like New York City. Yeah. Uh, it's like new wavy. It's like, but it feels fresh aggressive. after. It's yeah, it's like aggressive and kind of mean. Yeah, um, it's definitely mean. <laughs> um, <laughs> but it's seventy eight. It's not quite eighties. Yeah, stones it, yet. And it has that great. Oh my god, I love that song. Um, the country song. Um, Which one is that one? If you're lost, uh, he's like, I gave them money on the radio, and they gave me ten. <laughs> the, I gave them ten dollars. They say my prayer on the radio. Whoa! Is uh, yeah. Uh, Crap. The girl Far Away Eyes is the name of that song. Far Away Eyes. Yeah. Um, but, like, I love that tune on there. But, like, for me, that's the – that, for me, is the last gasp of, like, great Stones. Like, for me, that's a great Stones record, but that's the last one. Yeah. Like, Tattoo You is good, close to being, like, amazingly. But for me, it's just, like, it doesn't have the same vibe of as – Some girls. Yeah. yeah. Um, but anyway. I, I would say Tattoo You is more on par with how I feel about Goat's Head Soup. Really? Yes. Okay. Because it's for me again the another end of the era. Like the Stones never come back in the eighties. They never come back in the nineties and make a great album. They never. Yeah. For me, they never make a, a classic album again. Yeah. So. Well, there you have it, folks. My opinions, not everybody's opinions, um, and I'm also not saying I don't like some of the songs in those later albums either. So I do like uh, some of that. Stuff yeah, because I think there's, I think fun. there's I'm hits, just, but what you're I'm, saying I'm, is, is front my, to back an album. My classic album is the Dark Side of the Moon on everyone's T-shirt. That's you know, that's yeah. what, that's what I'm talking mm-hmm, about. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. Right on. Well, there you have it. That was us doing the Rolling Stones. We talked about Ghost Head Soup. We talked about this box set. Check it out. Also, I would I would oh, go as far to say. This is also on um, Spotify, this whole box set and this live set. Yes, you so, can like, stream it on Spotify. I think it's, it's on a... streaming. I think it's on all streaming platforms Yeah, so don't well. think that this is like an uh, elitist vinyl only thing. Anybody yeah, no. Can, anybody can listen to this. Yeah, and I would also just say, I want. I was thinking about it earlier, just as like before we wrap up, is that I, I think that the live record would be a good standalone, just live album release. It was released before the this box set this was a standalone oh, was release in okay. 2011 okay, okay um and this is like the cheapest way to get it on vinyl is now you just the, get the box set in this box set because it's out of print now oh um, i got you okay so this is like the cheapest way to get it it was back in print and it was yeah. the reason why a lot of people bought this uh otherwise rather lackluster box set yeah um, before we go to uh, audio quality on the box set, it's, it sounds great. It's a great sounding record. So yeah, no I only yet. stream it digitally, but um, everything sounded good. Yeah, yeah, on my end, even the live album, the live stuff sounded good. It was recorded well, you know, all yeah. that stuff. And if you can't get a hold of this album, vinyl record, if you're like say an early collector or something like that, get your Yaya's out is also a phenomenal. Yeah, uh, uh, live. live stones. So if you're looking for live stones records that With are maybe Mick more, maybe may, yeah, maybe more easily accessible, a, a, attainable. You yes. know, like if you don't have the sixty bucks to go and buy, go to your local record store, man. You could probably find one between twelve and fifteen dollars or something. Yeah. Not even maybe. Yeah, uh, I think my copy I found on like a three dollar bin because it was. I, re- the I know. Was dirty. I remember the copy you bought. Do you? Yeah, I I, <laughs> there, your copy of Get Your Yaya's Out you got in the back barn at um. Mansfield Flea Market. It was sitting in like a rack like that, and I was oh, like, yeah. "You should buy that record." Yeah, and you went, yeah, and I was like, "How much for that record?" And you were like, three dollars." Yeah, I was like, all right, yeah, yeah. 
Definitely worth a listen. I'm also, if you have, but if you have that guy, listen to that guy because there was plenty of times where he was being that guy, and I didn't buy the record. Now I kick myself in the ass for not buying. There was one Zeppelin at what was it the Blueberry Hill? Oh yeah, final I found at one time at Manchester, and you're like, oh man, you should get that record. And I was like, yeah, I don't know, but to be fair, it was like thirty five dollars. Oh, you should have bought that. That's pretty cheap for a bootleg. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Bummer summer guys. Anyway. Uh, this has been Ken the Garage. Don't forget to like and subscribe. Awaken the uh, primordial beast, the algorithm, so it knows that we exist. Also, also go ahead. I was just going to say, uh, drop us a comment or a review on Apple Podcast app if you have that, or anywhere else where you can rate a comment. A like comment, if you're on like, YouTube, yeah, comment. Yeah. I was going to say, if you think this is like the break of the classic stones, um, comment. If you think it, like, I want to hear. Like, I would like to see people's. Yeah. Uh, if you think this is like a classic break or not, because yeah. like, some people do, some people don't. I, you know, and uh, interesting to you know to have the conversation, and it yeah. will um, awaken the primordial algorithm, yes. like Mike likes to say. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying. Sorry, I'm summoning. Yeah, the we're sub summoning the algorithm, <laughs> and um, yeah, yeah, and uh, if you like the show, tell your friends. Um, yeah, spread the word. Because yeah. we love talking about stuff. We we're, have an Instagram account too. Uh, get yes. in the garage on Instagram. Yeah, I'm Julius Spins Records on Instagram. And I am the Bearded Morrison. Sorry if you got hacked, guys. Oh, yeah. Also, quick disclaimer Luke's Instagram got hacked. So he's not trying to exchange numbers with you and he's not trying to sell you Bitcoin. Yeah. If, so. Yeah. My account is Julius Spins Records. Julius Spins Records. Yeah. We should have put that at the top. Maybe we can do a quick thing in the beginning. Uh, I mean, we talked about it last week too. Oh, we did? I think so. I th- oh, maybe we did, yeah. Right, anyway, knows? I've been Mike. I've been Luke. Uh, Michael, why don't you throw some coal on that okay, fire and ready. get this uh, train out of here? This has been a presentation from the Wasted Robot Network. For more information, and links to other shows please visit www.wastedrobotrecords.com slash podcasts.